Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, the finest phototainment in the world. We're an irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, how are you doing today? Heard you had a busy day running around all over Fort Wayne like a chicken with its head cut off trying to shoot and edit stuff for the big political campaign. Yeah, well, that's actually that was most of my day, but I did have one little one little conundrum that occurred this morning mm-hmm. uh, that I thought I would ask the great Stephen Van Elk um, if this has ever happened to him. Uh, so let me set up the scenario for you. I'm uh, I'm actually photographing a home when I get this call, and uh, it's a realtor who I shot for uh, the week previous. Um, she's on like one of those teams, like realtors are all about their teams. Can we reel um, this one back? What podcast do you think you're on right now? I'm on, uh, the wedding real estate photography unite is hangover that, is that podcast <laughs> because, because I heard you say conundrum and that's a wedding photographers unite thing. And I love it. Shout out to Andy and Neil and Jimmy and Lindsay. But, um, yeah, I was, I was, I took a phone call from a realtor. Um, it's a realtor at a big real estate firm here in town, um, who used me last week and I was super excited at the opportunity to shoot with them. Oh, Dustin, I'm so sorry that you got used. Oh, baby, tell me, are you yeah. okay? And they called me today and they said, Hey, Dustin, um, we really loved the, the two homes you shot for us last week. Aww. I'm like waiting for the, but, mm-hmm. um, photos are great. Couldn't expect anything better. Um, have two more houses for you for next week. And I'm like, awesome, sweet, perfect. Um, and like, did the butt ever come? And then they were like, but, and I'm like, okay. So then your mind jumps into overdrive, trying to like come up with answers to butts that could come up in the event that it's something that you know. So like just I'm thinking, to recap Dustin, for the listeners, Dustin's mind is on butts. Mm-hmm. Thinking about them butts. But you shoot too wide, but your skies look too perfect, but your colors are too amazing. Like things like that. clients say you're too friendly and too nice and they like you too much. Things like that. They want you to be their realtor. No. Um, So I'm expecting like something and then she comes out of left field with the butt. Like something I would have never, ever imagined. But I, before I get into that, I have to give you some context into the situation here. This is the longest opener ever in the world. I know, I know, Stephen, but I've been holding this in all day. And so now you have to let me erupt it onto Openers you. Openers are supposed to be short, off topic, and very cringy. Oh, this Six. is, I don't know if it's cringy or off topic, but it's something. But, um, <laughs> but so this realtor, she works for a big real estate company in town. And this company in town has a in-house photographer. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah. they have someone that works full-time salaried who does all of their marketing and inside of that department, that means photography. And so when they called me the week previous to do this house, I was like, well, that's weird. I've never solicited for business from you because you have someone who not only does this as their job for you, but they do a really good job. Do they offer you the job? Uh, well, they, they brought me in for a meeting at the beginning or at the end of last year as someone that they were looking to just help with the workload. 
they uh, ended up saying, I think we talked about this on the podcast, actually, that I wasn't uh, that the right material for their company. They, they said you didn't have the right stuff. Yeah. So fast forward now a year later, um, the owner of the company is now personally hiring me to shoot only her homes um, because she, I guess, can't, isn't getting along with their photographer. And so she, <laughs> she went to tell the photographer uh, yesterday or last week that um, they're going to be using me moving forward for all of her the homes that she represents personally, mm-hmm. her and her team of realtors that work for her. Um, and the photographer like made up all of these lies about me, like crazy things. Yeah. What did they say? Let's hear They're, it. They, they were like, he, he is too left feet. Too <laughs> left feet. Son of a he bitch. He has, he's blind. That's what I wanted to say. He's a blind photographer. Um, he does amazing work for being a blind man. <laughs> Have you seen images like his? You really have to wonder how good are the auto settings on those Nikons that he's using. But what I'm trying to get at is somehow he flies a drone blind. Really, questions have to be answered here. No, but she went on to say that like I've been um, saying really terrible things about her, this realtor, about her company, um, all of this stuff. And so I tried to, of course, call her, this photographer, and get to the bottom of it. But, of course, she didn't answer. Mm. Weird but, that um, she wouldn't answer after she lied about you. Well, what's weird is, like, I didn't, not only, it's one thing if we were complete strangers. Okay, maybe she's afraid of for her job. And so she just jumps into, a, like, a fight or flight response. And she just wants to bash me. Um, but I've I've had a little bit of conversation with her just in regards to like commenting on photos she posts saying like, wow, those are great. Like, how'd you do that? Um, or, you know, she'll post something about a legal thing where a, somebody stole her pictures and I'll ask her follow up on like how that's going, stuff like that. Um, you know, like professional level conversations, but it was just like crazy. I've never had anyone just totally harpoon me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess to kind of summarize or finish up the story, the realtor I was on the phone with said, but, you know, and then goes on to tell me all of this stuff that happened over the last week and how she refuses to help them with any photos that I've taken, um, like make marketing materials, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, but, you know, now two of us have worked with you on two separate homes um, and you were amazing, like great to work with, super personable, great with the client. She's like, I, you know, can't believe her at all because I've met you and it doesn't, with a person she was describing, doesn't even come close to the reality of meeting you in person. So, so they went on to say that, you know, they want to set up a meeting with me and the owner of the company next week and, uh, formalize the thing. But it's just like so crazy. So it, what I'm trying to say, moral of the story, be yourself. And if people throw shade about you unnecessarily, hopefully they see through it when they, uh, Man, you. that is utterly ridiculous. One, uh, two, I would love to know what she said. I'm pretty certain most of it's right. And I'm pretty certain we have it all cataloged in the 119 episodes that we've done so far. <laughs> <Three>. <laughs> 
<laughs> so please, photographer, if you're out there and you're listening, start listening to every episode. Go through our entire backlog catalog. Um, and that doesn't just go for that fi- photographer. That goes for anyone out there listening who has ever had any sort of beef with Dustin. If you could just go ahead and re-download every single episode one, two, three, four times, you know, whatever you got to do. Every device. Every device you own. Uh, all of your friends' devices as well. And, Set um, them to autoplay. Yeah. And, you know, maybe start a campaign, tell all your friends on the internet, they should go out and download every episode of the podcast to look for terrible things Dustin has said too. Yeah. Start a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to get this thing off the ground. We got to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) True detective. That's the next season. (laughs) What did Dustin do? Played, played by Whoopi Goldberg and Andy Samberg. Uh, no. So I was listening to like a, a thing about businesses and like hiring people because Jen and I are kind of talking about hiring somebody on a freelance contractor sort of basis for, for right now to help out with some stuff with bespoke tone and everything. And, mm-hmm. um, the person I was listening to was talking about how there are a lot of people who you might hire for a job who seem like just great people. They interview incredibly well. And you think to yourself, we should hire them because like they interview so well. Um, And then once they're actually in your organization, they quickly start to take on like a divide and conquer sort of mentality. And they'll tell you things like, oh, this person's terrible or that person's terrible that you also work with. And they try to drive a wedge between like the owner of the company and the other people because their real goal in the company isn't to do their job well. Their goal is to take over the company from whoever owns the company. And while mm. at the point Jen and I are at with Beesfolk Tone, that's not something that we have to worry about, really. Um, you know, uh, it was an interesting talk to hear about. Um, and the thing they specifically mentioned was, like, if you go to them with a worry or concern, they develop, like, a fight-or-flight um, sort of mentality. And more often than not, they choose to fight. And they fight by telling lies about people and saying things that are untrue, because if they can say the right sort of things, they can alienate other people from you and stuff. And so, I mean, that's not just like in business, like people will do that to you in real life too, you know, like outside of your work and everything like that. Like there will always be people out there who think they can get ahead by making stuff up. But uh, I would love to know what she said about you, because I'm assuming it's mostly true. Actually, I'm still holding on to that. Dustin, we got some follow-up from last week. Well, after the show, I'll give you her number, and you can uh, do sort of like a dateline. Uh, hello, I'm doing a uh, follow-up report on a photographer we're uh, covering named Dustin McKibben. Um, can you give me some context into your relationship with him? I've heard you have strong feelings regarding this photographer. I just want to color the piece. Um with all angles. I hate him so much. I hate him so much because the truth is I love him. I love Dustin <laughs> McKibben. I can't fight it any longer. I want to well, work with him so bad. I want him to take all the photos for the marketing department at the real estate agency I work at. And I'm just scared they'll, they'll fire me if they find out how much I love his work. Oh, he does such beautiful work I, with those Nikon I cameras. Even... When I was desperate, uh, like a, I think it was about a month ago, I was desperate to find someone to shoot and cover an event for the mayor. And she was one of the photographers I reached out to because I know she doesn't do weddings. I shoot events. And I shoot events. You also shoot weddings. And this was on a Saturday. <sighs> Dustin. Dustin. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. And I would drive to Fort Wayne to work for you. 
In fact, yeah, I've done this, it multiple times in the past. <laughs> except for this was a one-hour event where they just needed a couple of photos. That's cool. You covered my travel. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I just was looking for someone that could cover this. And she, we talked about it, and it didn't work out because she was dropping her husband off at the airport at that exact time I needed someone to be there. And Who needs but there to was be no, at the airport for their spouse? Is that, is that a real thing? Who does that? In, in Fort Wayne, we care and love our spouses. It's, it's a more wholesome city. <sighs> I don't know. I tell Jen to take an Uber. Jen took us to the airport, see? <laughs> That's true. She picked us up too. Yeah. She's still mad about that. She's like, you boys should have Ubered. <laughs> and, we, and you said you were our Uber. So Dustin, we got some follow-up from last week. You ready she for this? She did send me a bill for it. <laughs> that you never paid. We have some follow-up from last week. <laughs> All right. Follow-up. Dustin, you mad? You mad at your wife? You mad? Can you remind me why I'm supposed to be mad at my wife? Well, first, you took her on a date to a place she hates, knowing uh-huh. that she hates those sorts of places. You took her to a haunted house. She hates haunted mm-hmm. houses. Okay. Second, you told Listening. an embarrassing story about her I had to cut out of the podcast. Right. So nothing to be mad at because no one heard it. <laughs> nothing for... I'm asking if you're mad at her. That's what I'm asking. Third, third, Dustin... You then told a story about how she forced you to take your mattress back just oh, a few days after you would have got 100% back. And you sounded so angry when you talked about it. Doesn't you mad? No, I'm a loving, Do we need to bring Corinne on? Do we need to do some couples therapy? Loving, supportive husband. Um, and in marriage, you make some compromises. And mistakes when you're talking on podcasts. I have to spend the rest of my life sleeping uncomfortably and um, never going to a haunted castle or haunted anything with the person I love the most in this world. sleep uncomfortably because Corinne has now kicked you out of the bed after hearing your comments (laughs) in the last podcast. I now have to sleep on the floor. No, uh, the mattress is not too bad. Um, It's it's definitely not as cushy as I would like from uh, what we were getting out of the Purple 3. Uh, purple.com do you sleep on separate sides of the bed today use wedding photo hangover code to get nothing off um do you sleep on separate sides of the bed or are you like a we, diagonal sleeper or like what, you roll you over onto her we side sleep of the bed on top of each other I'm, I'm, <laughs> people do all sorts of crazy things you don't know and then we so we sleep on top of each other and then we fold the mattress over we call it taco sleeping where we like to feel like the mattress is enveloping us. Mm, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Like a um, coffin. Yeah, I know. With bungee it. cords on the side. Do you guys have a bed or is it just a giant coffin you sleep in like two Draculas? But, anywho, what are you drinking tonight? What am I drinking tonight? You want to know what I'm drinking tonight? Dustin. Steven. Well, let me tell you, I stopped off at Scarlet Lane Brewery. Oh. You know what Scarlet Lane is? A sponsor of your life? <laughs> Basically are a sponsor of my life. Scarlet Lane makes great Indiana beer for great Indiana men. Like me. Uh, Scarlet Lane stopped off there and got the Tiberia, Ti, Tiberius double IPA. That's right. It's a Deepa. I don't think people actually like, call it are, that. Are but they I like do. gearing up for Star Trek's return with uh, Tiberius coming back? I mean, if, if you look at the label, it's clearly a Roman. 
So I'm not drinking anything tonight. Cat's out of the bag. I Cat's up out of the bag. 6 a.m. shooting uh, and working. And have, I was told by the mayor's staff I needed to be up at 4 a.m. Uh, to receive edits on a re- most recent commercial. So, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. I can only talk so crass about the campaign because uh, it'll be over by the time you guys are hearing this. And so will my job. Yeah. Awesome. That all sounds great. So Tiberius Claudius Nero became Tiberius Julius Caesar. And uh, he was noted noted to be by Plenty the Elder as one of the gloomiest of men. He was reclusive and somber. And uh, he came to be remembered as a as, as dark. So is that why the beer fits you so well? It is why the beer fits me so well. You are correct, my friend. So you're not drinking anything. The mayor is about to run out. Why do you... Where the hell do you keep going? Sorry, what? You keep, like, wheeling away in your chair and then wheeling back. Does that bother you? No, I have no idea what's going on right now. Doesn't... So we're done with beer talk. You're drinking water because the mayor is... Oh, my gosh. What are you doing? You're destroying this podcast. I mopped my floors today. Mm-hmm. and uh, You just wanted me to very, notice how shiny clean they are? They're beautiful looking. They're very slick. Dustin, let's move into our topics this week. Dustin, you ready to share your story? You said a bride and groom were awkwardly fighting at a client meeting with you one week before a wedding at some point in time this year. It's been long enough, Dustin. Can you share this story? Sure. Yeah, it was weird. We um, we had a client meeting to kind of go over things, go over timing, go over details. And um, they all of a sudden started getting very like passive aggressive with each other like sitting across from me at my dining room table um i didn't quite know how to handle it they were in your house yeah we now that we live in this modest home of ours um, modest like a giant mansion and if we ever have the opportunity we try to uh meet with our clients here just because why else do i write this thing off on my taxes um because you want to go to jail please jail i work for the mayor um and yeah it just felt like uh watching your parents fight at the dinner table kind of vibe have you ever experienced clients having a spat in front of you uh clients having a spat in front of me no i've experienced you having spats in front of me i've had spats with my wife in front of people uh never the client though yeah. And clients typically don't have fights in front of me. But it would be mm. real awkward if they... Ooh, no, there's one wedding Jen and I were shooting. The day of the wedding, the couple had a fight because uh, the bride wasn't going to take the groom's last name. Really? Yeah, and uh, the groom got real passive-aggressive about it, and it was weird. Mm. Yeah, they're still married, though. Uh, hope that's a great relationship because... Woo-wee. When you're fighting on your wedding day about something, I can't really talk much. Jen and I fought all the time when we first got married. It's taken a long time for us to figure out uh, who we are and what we want to be. So, Who know. we are, what we want to be. Yeah. We want to be Van Elks. No? Oh, I love it, yeah. No? Okay. 
So yeah, I mean, Corinne and I fight all the time. I, I kind of am to that point where I'm afraid my kids are going to think, I don't want to be married because that means I just have to fight all the time. I mean, you could stop fighting. That's one way of doing it. Where's the fun in that, though? Fighting is sort of how we talk to each other. <laughs> I think you guys need to go to couples therapy. First, you're super mad at her last week on the podcast. It's coming out very passive-aggressive, especially because you know she doesn't listen. So it's like the most passive of passive-aggressive things to do. Second. Why would I go to therapy when this costs me nothing? Because this isn't helping, obviously. <laughs> And I get hundreds of listeners, hundreds of listeners that write me and give me their advice. It's like having a hundred therapists, Steve. Dustin, calm down. Dustin, calm down. Dustin, calm down. <laughs> Steve. Paper bag, paper bag, paper bag. Okay, better now. So I could, uh, Dustin, Dustin Grin, I mean, they don't fight anymore than Jen and I fight as far as I know, so... There was just one time at one wedding I was shooting with you where you guys had like an argument in the front seat of the minivan. Do you remember that one? Mm. Uh, Corinne and I went through a phase where we fought a lot on the drives in between locations. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jen and I had a wedding a few weeks ago uh, where we got into a little bit of a fight and we had a third shooter there with us who like witnessed the whole thing. Uh, and the fight was about the stupidest thing too. It was like, it was my wedding. Jen was just there doing like some other stuff, um, which we might talk about in a future episode because it's kind of cool. But, um, so like Jen disagreed with one of the decisions I made on the day. And so she was like, no, you need to do it the way I think you need to do it. And I was like, I'm not going to do it that way because I don't think that'll work. I'm going to do it my way. Was it like, yeah. you shouldn't shoot the cake at F2 or at shutter speed 250, Steve? You should do it below that. <laughs> Damn it. And you're you, like, no. You found no, it out. That was I'm exactly gonna, what it was. I'm going to do it at 250. And then <laughs> you were like, oh shit. I get banding at the bottom from the shutter at 250. Cool banding. My flashes. Cool banding that I like. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when the bottom one eighth of my frame is completely black. It's got to be a better way to shoot cakes when they got candles around them, because otherwise it just why looks like just, a blowing out. Why like... you just do high speed flash? Oh gosh, doesn't why high speed flash isn't going to do anything? Yeah, then you can shoot a higher shutter speed. The higher shutter speed isn't the problem. The problem is the table and everything's super well lit, but that's not a good reflection of what it was like on the day. I need to show the cake in detail because they paid a lot of money for that cake but like the table around the cake with all the candles that's there for ambience how do i portray both detail on the cake and ambience on the table at the same time that's what was interesting to me about the fact that the banding happened in like the bottom one eighth of what i shot was then in darkness because then it had like this moody look at the bottom where it was like this is the actual ambience of the room that's the uh, the reception Um, because that's work in post I would have to do. If I can't get it in camera on the day, it's not worth doing. Let me tell you. That's true. That is true. I'm not going to argue on that one. I can just use a graduated ND filter and flip it upside down, right? (laughs) Take your, take your sunglasses, Steve. (laughs) They're not graduated. That doesn't work. You need to buy graduated sunglasses. No, I'm getting to the point. We do a lot of off-camera flash for uh, portraits during sunset. Mm-hmm. And used to be all about like getting Crin super close to the couple. And then I'd Photoshop Crin out later. Yeah. And I'm like, Crin, let's just uh, let's back up a few more feet. And then a few more feet. And then turn the power up. 
that's good enough. <laughs> I feel like I've told you to do that on multiple occasions, and you're like, no, 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 no. The best light is when they're right next to them. It's true. The softer. I know and the it's higher. true, but that's also like now you got to do the most work in post. <laughs> I know. I know. I just did an engagement session where I had edited her out of like 15 photos. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of editing. It's one way to get close to your spouse. Edit them out of 15 photos. <laughs> get a newfound love for them. It's like they were never there at all. <laughs> it's like erasing them from my life. So the bride and groom were awkwardly fighting with you at a client meeting. Where did yes. it go from there? Were the kicks coming as fast as lightning? I think it's, uh, so we've since done their wedding, obviously, and I think that's just their relationship. I think they are just sort of awkward fighters. You know, I, I think that's just sort of their love language, if that's a thing. You know, some people like to compliment. Other people like to kiss each other. Some people like to fight. Some people like to grope in public. Yeah. These are all natural things that I shouldn't go to jail for. Yeah, that's a, that's a Stephen. That's a Stephen thing. Yeah, that's um, why he's not allowed back at church. <laughs> Take me to church. Take me to church. Oh, Ed Dustin, Sheeran. I got a question for you. We got a lot of we got a lot of a gear lot talk. Of, a lot of yeah, gear talk do. this week. Um, I Dustin, don't think anyone in our in our group of listeners even shoots cannon, so I don't really think we need oh, to talk gosh. about any of this. Dustin, did you see this article on Pita Pixel? Pete's Pits, uh, Pixels? A falafel? Falafel Pita Pixel? Yeah. Mm, that sounds good. Uh, so on Pete's Pixels, they said the Canon Pete's 1DX Pixel. Mark III is shaping up to be a killer mirrorless camera like i like how the article comes across as if you know canon invented mirrorless <laughs> like it just feels so pro canon and it's so shifted it's like this is gonna be the sony mirrorless killer it's gonna shoot 20 frames per second this is gonna be this sony mirrorless killer <laughs> How much is a 1DX Mark III? How much is that going to cost? It's <laughs> twice as much like, as the Sony A9 II or whatever. It's probably like eight or 9,000. Yeah, it's not even going to compete with Sony anything. It's way too expensive to compete with Sony at that point. Yeah, watch the video suck on it. <laughs> they don't even really talk about the video in the article. I don't think they Probably need to. Because they one. haven't released what the video quality is going well, to be. Well, I mean, be the on 1DX Mark II's video is incredibly good. Incredibly good video on the 1DX Mark II. Oh, it's super good. It's so good that I thought about switching for a hot sec if the autofocus was just a hair better. Yeah, and so that's the thing. The 1DX Mark III is supposed to have much better autofocus. Yeah, because somebody watched too much iRobot. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get that deep learning. They're going in deep. Yeah, because what's Apple's new like night photo mode called? Like, like deep, deep photo or deep something? I don't know. I, I think you're thinking of deep something learning. Else. You're thinking of the uh, thing that makes it so sweaters look better. Yeah, exactly. What's it's like deep toning or yeah? It's like the most ridiculous thing that they had at the keynote, but didn't explain at all what it does. They're like, check out this photo that has this thing that's coming in a future firmware release, <laughs> and they show like a person in a sweater, and they're like, oh wow, and they're like, yeah, we can't tell you at all what this would have looked like without it, 
or what it really does, but it's like bringing all the clarity of your photos to life. The like, marketing <laughs> team really thought this would help sell some units. <laughs> we, we took a photo and we were like, you know what? The sweater doesn't have enough definition. Let's add a clarity brush over just the sweater. <laughs> yeah. Really make it pop. This is for all those of you out there who are in the textiles industry and need to move some sweaters. So there is a way you can turn off the deep whatever on the iPhones. And that is, uh, so like right now, the iPhone 11 Pro has the uh, thing where it'll capture sensor information outside of what you're shooting. So if you're shooting at 1x, it'll use the 0.5x camera and capture the information outside of that. So this new deep whatever thing that they have going on sweater mode that they have going on <laughs> yeah sweater so mode. if you have with sweater mode which is on by default the um thing where it picks up the bonus information from like the other areas of you know that they're capturing at the same time mm -hmm. uh they don't do that anymore when you're in sweater mode so if you go into like the settings and you turn on the thing where it's like capture the bonus content you know uh, then all of a sudden that turns off the sweater mode because they can't have both on at the same time. So if sweater uh, mode's not important to you, which from what I've read in reviews, it seems like it's very important to non-photographers. Um, then yeah, yeah, this is that's that's a way to get around it. And then also like if you shoot a photo and you're like, oh, I cut off the tips of their toes, it'd be great to have that back. You can be like, let me go in and uh, see if I can do the crop function and widen that photo up a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. That's why I always shoot with a 14 millimeter lens. <laughs> with, and then I just crop in for all my wedding photos. I mean, you say that like, like it's crazy, but we, we have a, uh, we have clients who send their stuff to bespoke tone who intentionally shoot wide with the intention that they're going to crop in on almost every single oh photo. God. I'm murdered. Yeah, it, charge ridiculous for that. Well, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think we do because they send us a lot of weddings, so it's kind of worth it to put up with the extra work. Um, but yeah, it does take longer for Jen than most things because Jen, you know, she doesn't let me touch that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Steve, Steve, please put the cropping scissors down. Put the cropping scissors down, Steve. But that's like a real thing people do because they are afraid that they'll take a photo and uh, the feet will be cropped chopped off the hands will be chopped off on like a medium shot or something like that so like what if i just shoot wide and now with like the what is it the nikon d850 that you have it's like eight thousand pixels on the short end or the long end or whatever it's utterly ridiculous yeah and so like if i'm shooting that many pixels why not just shoot wide and crop down anyway i definitely do that i've started doing that this year for family portraits yeah uh going a smidgen wider than I would compositionally simply because I've run into too many people over the last year and a half. Um, they will try to print an eight by 10 and I filled the frame with the horizontal family portrait, which cameras shoot eight by 12 ratio. And they're like, uh, I can't find a frame. What's, what were you thinking? Call yourself a professional. Yeah. No, uh, we, we typically shoot a little wide on all of our family photos and by we, I mean me. And, uh, I don't know if that's a thing that Jen like specifically said to me, I should do, or if I just do it because I'm lazy. I'm very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I could take it's two steps closer, but or 18, <laughs> it's the same framing. <laughs> 
Uh, so are you going to buy one of these new Canon 1DX Mark III, Stephen? That, kind of that is the question. I don't got that kind of money, ones. but they do have something super cool. So mm. uh, the shutter, they can get 20 frames per second, which up until now, the only camera that's been able to do that is one of the Sony cameras, and they can only A9. do it with the electronic shutter on the Sony camera. And it was thought that a mechanical shutter would never physically be able to go to 20 frames per second. And the 1DX Mark III claims when it comes out, the mechanical shutter will be able to do 20 frames per second. And they will also have an electronic shutter. So when you turn on like the electronic shutter, it locks the mirror back. So then you can no longer shoot photos like through the viewfinder. If you've ever used a DSLR, you know what that means, what that's like. You know, when you, when you click the thing, you don't see any photo for a second in the viewfinder or a second, like one sixtieth of a second. You don't so see So if anything. it has a mirror, is it truly a mirrorless it's camera? It's definitely not mirrorless. The reason they're saying it's going to be a killer mirrorless camera is because of the electronic shutter and the way you, when you shoot in it, it locks the mirror into an up position, uses an electronic shutter. So you can shoot silent shutter just like with a Sony camera. So you don't have any shutter anymore and you can shoot up to 20 frames per second. That way you can do it with a mechanical one. So you don't have the banding issues that you get with the electronic one. But if you need, you know, the silent mode or whatever, you can switch to the electronic mode where you might get some banding, but then you're silent. So they're kind of trying to say like, you know, we're, we're taking the one DX Mark three and we're going to give you the best of both worlds. It's going to be the best we can do mirrorless wise and also the best we can do, you know, mirror DSLR wise. So it's a mirrorless hybrid. Yeah. That's what it kind of feels like. And I mean, a lot of people have tried to make the case in point that the 5D Mark four is basically a mirrorless camera. If you like shoot in live mode all the time, instead of shooting through the viewfinder, like a normal human being. And, uh, <laughs> I, I do shoot in live mode, uh, quite a bit with the 5D Mark four more recently. Just, uh, it, it just, for some things that I do on the wedding day where I'm like trying to hold the camera above my head and stuff, I've been doing that a lot more recently, like for detail shots of tables and stuff like that. And then sometimes in the ring shots, well, sometimes during like the wedding ceremony, it's like, I want a shot where the camera is up higher than the bride and groom, kind of like looking down at them more at an angle. Cause there's something interesting in the background, like a lake or a river or something like that. And it's like, if I shoot straight on, like I normally would, you wouldn't see it at all. And it's like, I want to incorporate that. So just getting a little height helps out sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I'm not like climbing a ladder or climbing in a tree and shooting straight down Dustin McKibben style. Still don't do get that. Get the drone out. Just get the drone out. I've done that one time. <laughs> I did mm -hmm. that one time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, one oh time gosh, we'll I have an engagement shoot that I have not blogged yet where the couple wanted to draw with chalk on the sidewalk. And then I had them lay down and I shot from overhead. Doesn't it, Kevin Style? I need pictures. I need pictures, Stephen. <laughs> no, I did have I did have an instance not too long ago where I was like, "Damn it! I wish I had the drone with me," because uh, there's this one shot that I've seen somebody else do. I'm sure others have done it, um, where the couple's laying on the leaves of the beautiful fall forest, and somehow you get this like perfect framing where you shoot through the tree canopy down and just like see the couple like in this little pocket yeah and you see like the reds and oranges like kind of framing them and then there's leaves under them and it's like all this leaves beautiful over fall them. goodness yeah yeah under them over them in them 
you know, you stuffed them. So there's, there's a bunch of dead well, leaves and there's two people first. laying down in a still frame. So basically they could be dead as well. You don't know. They are my yeah. scarecrows. Yep. Um, <laughs> so that's I saw said spot and went and I was like, frick, I didn't bring my drone. Yeah. So was there anything else you want to talk about with the 1DX Mark III that's uh, coming out? Nope. So Not buying it, so it doesn't matter. There's also a rumor. Canon is <gasps> putting out an RA, so a new mirrorless camera, and an RX. A resident advisor. Interesting. Interesting yes, move. a resident advisor. You're 100% correct. So the RA is a mirrorless camera that they claim is going to be specifically made to capture, um, what's it called? Uh, astronomy. So you're going to get one of these, obviously. <laughs> Am I going to get one of these? Am I going to get one of these? I just assumed. I mean, you put the same link in for the Damn it, I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't see what this camera is all about. Oh, here, let me find that for you real quick. That's not helping. Deep fusion is what Apple calls it. Sweater mode, deep fusion. Deep fusion. The deepest of fusions. So Canon accidentally leaked that they have a new camera coming out. It's called the EOS RA. And the way they leaked it was they temporarily had the Canon EOS RA manual listed on the Canon UK website. And? And the manual says the EOS RA is a version of the EOS R designed for astrophotography. The camera has approximately four times the transmittance power of hydrogen alpha light as the EOS R. I have no idea what that means. What does that mean? Uh, so we're going to, I got a link for you over to Digital Camera World. Mm hmm. So, uh, Photographs of subjects that reflect a lot of infrared light will therefore appear redder as a as a result of the uh, transmittance of four times more of hydrogen alpha light or whatever. So it's it's basically that you can shoot stuff out in space that projects infrared light better. So that's kind of cool, right? I think so. Why would it not be? I don't know, man. It's just uh it's just another feather in Canon's hat. Like they're they're starting to to push things a little bit more when it comes to their mirrorless thing cuz they were super far behind with mirrorless. But I mean, does Sony, Fujifilm, Nikon, Olympus, Pentax, do any of them have something specifically targeting astrophotographers and which is better uh, at Google. astrophotography? Google does. Google does. Have, the uh, Pixel, the Google Pixel. The Pixel, the Google Pixel has an Apple astrophotography. Does. It's an iPhone. <laughs> astrophotography mode or whatever so they also patented a canon moon shooting mode which enables easier shooting of celestial bodies and they did that back like in june which is when rumors started to circulate about whether or not there was a canon ra and thank you dustin that was, that was super nice of you to call me a celestial body I mean, I do, my gravity does flow yeah. around you. So this is just another one of those canon rumors that's around, except this one's more substantial because there was like a thing actually released already about it. Um, and that thing that was released was in, you know, on Canon's actual site in the UK. So that's like real news then. And then uh, 
I think one of the, the Canon like bosses when they were talking about the one DX Mark three, whenever that was announced was at the 25th. Um, they hinted at, Oh, also a lot of these technologies will be in a pro level mirrorless camera that comes out in the near future for us. So they were hinting at, you know, the R, the RP aren't pro level. Um, and they also said some things about uh, having a dual card slot on the pro level one, which I know you think is a waste of time, mm-hmm. but it's something that they say would probably be coming out. But Canon's also been talking about using, uh, what is it? Um, they don't think SD cards will be able to shoot fast enough. So they're talking about like shooting with what is it? CFast or CFast express or something like that. Ugh, those are so expensive. So damn expensive. CF cards are so expensive. The other day, Jen and I were buying some new CF cards, like 128 gig CF cards. And it was like, I haven't oh, bought a CF card in so long. It was like 70 to a hundred bucks for one. And then to get an SD card, same speed as the CF card, same amount of storage, 19 bucks. 19 bucks both from sandisk kind of misses the i loved the hardiness and the robustness of the cf cards felt like that thing could like go through the washing machine go through war i could actually drop it on my peanut butter and jelly i don't think i put it in water no i've definitely washed cf cards and they've been totally fine Mm, i think you're wrong there i think you're wrong how can I be wrong when I'm so right? So also in Canon news, Canon filed a patent for making smaller mirrorless cameras. I know you're loving all this Canon news, aren't you? It's like Canon Christmas right now. So so Canon filed a patent, and it's something that they think could be used in the EOS R series cameras and also in the EOS M series cameras. And it's basically just they're moving, uh, they say that it's going to be, they're moving like the, what? They're calling it like the full frame mirrorless snapper. So like before it was up by the battery and they're going to move it to underneath the lens. So it's the shutter motor, basically. Better word for it, shutter motor. So they're moving... Sh- shutter mother? Yeah. Canon's moving the shutter motor, or as you just call it, the shutter mother. Uh, sh- sh- no, it's shutter. Shutter mother? H-U-D-D-A. Shutter mother. So they're moving it from where the battery compartment is. Um to under the shutter assembly. So it just means that the camera can actually have a smaller body as a result of this. So it could make the Canon EOS RP, the Canon EOS M, possibly the EOS R and other cameras, the RA, the RX, the rumored RX. It could also- A-R-W-C-K-Y. Yeah, it could possibly make all of those smaller. So then Canon could have an even smaller camera for tiny little baby hands. And they're going to be calling it the Canon phone. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> what else would, would we want? It'll, it'll be, they, they saw what Young Nua did and how Young Nua failed with their camera. That was basically an Android phone with a lens on it. And they were like, let's do that too. Let's also do that. Well, it's just funny because everybody keeps asking for that. And then somebody comes out with it and then it never gets adopted. <laughs> Yeah. So, but with this patent, uh, Canon could make the smallest mirrorless full frame body in existence. So they'd be smaller than Sony's, smaller than Nikon's. They'd be, they'd be the tiniest, the littlest for the babies. So Dustin, that's a lot of gear talk. And you know, I hate gear talk and you didn't even want to talk about this gear talk because it's all Canon gear talk, which left it all up to me, which is why it probably sounded so scattershot and terrible to the listeners. 
So yeah, can we typically they realize do... I'm mm-hmm. the one that pulls this all together. Yeah. So I, I want to, uh, we're rolling out, previewing a new segment we're working on. This segment <gasps> is called Clickbaiters. Mm. Clickbait me, Stevie. Mm, yeah, I'm going to clickbait you so hard. Uh, so Dustin, this segment, something I'm hoping we can do going into the future. Yeah. Uh, yep. I'm going to find a bad headline or you can find a bad headline or listeners can find a bad headline. We'd love to open it up to listener submissions as well. Uh, from Petapixel, from F stoppers, from, uh, what are some of the big other ones? Faux blogger, Flern, uh, wedding photo, hangover, wedding hangover.com, bespoke tone.com, Jennifer van Elk.com, redwood lane.net, Dustin and Corinne.com, big burrito.com. Oh my goodness. It's a scam site. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're wondering why you keep getting all those emails about, you know, mail enlargement it's because you sent an email to redwoodlane.net sorry bud that's how i do um that's how i do i just sell those email addresses yeah that's i I just sell them buddy i just sell them just an email farm yeah i gotta put food on the table so here we go i'm going to uh i'm gonna give you like a brief overlook of what the actual Article is about. And then I'm going to share a few different headlines with you, and you got to guess mm-hmm. which one is the right one. Okay. Should I not be looking at the show notes for this, or you can look at the show notes? I wrote them all there for you, so you wouldn't okay. be like, "What was that you said again?" Was what was number three? Can you can you put a dry erase board behind your head, Stephen, and like write them out for me? You're like a terrible. Can we get like a Vanna White situation? Can I get a vowel? Exactly. So the article is about um, a Photoshop product, and it's basically trying to teach people how to optimize um, their workflows so that they can get things done faster. And it's taking a harsh opinion about uh, what they think is right and wrong and how they think you should be using uh, Lightroom, basically. So that's that's my very brief summary of it for you, Dustin. So here are your headlines to choose from. <laughs> Optimize your editing workflow for a once-a-year task. If you're using multiple catalogs, you're doing it wrong. Ten reasons why having one Lightroom catalog is the only way. Which Stranger Things character is your Lightroom setup? Speed up your Lightroom workflow with this one cool trick. How to create a best of post in just minutes. I want it to be which Stranger Things character (laughs) is your Lightroom setup. (laughs) Can you just imagine that? So... Your Lightroom setup. Which Stranger Things character is that to you, Dustin? Oh, man. Probably Dustin. <laughs> Dusty. Yeah. And I'm Steve. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're out there saving the world. Damn it. Yeah, mine's all about looks over uh, function, so. I'm all about function <laughs> over looks. That's why we make such a great team. <laughs> But uh, I'm guessing it's speed up your Lightroom workflow with 
this one cool trick? Ooh, damn, Dustin. That was a good guess. The right answer is, if you're using multiple catalogs, you're doing it wrong. This I figured you put that in there just for me because I say that to you <laughs> all the time. That's why I love this one. So this was an article on Petapixel, and uh, the person holds the opinion that if you're using multiple Lightroom catalogs, you're doing it wrong because everything and Everything about this is all geared at... Who, who wrote the article? Uh, I think his name's Andy Dane. So he says, if you have several catalogs, I can't even imagine how long it must take to put together a best of slideshow of the year or update your portfolio. Whereas with a single all-encompassing catalog and a proper filing structure, it's incredibly easy. So he goes through the whole thing. And basically everything he says is uh, basically... He doesn't think having one massive catalog slows your Lightroom down, even though multiple people have said, yes, yes, it does. It has slowed mine down incredibly bad. My entire computer slows to almost a halt with one Lightroom catalog. And, and you're uh, doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing it wrong, apparently. Um, so basically he says, like, uh, if you have one massive Lightroom catalog, then you can use the keywords and the ratings to quickly put together blog posts about your best ofs from the entire year and mm -hmm. also to mm -hmm. update your portfolio. True. Yes. And so his whole thing about optimizing his Lightroom catalog comes down to optimizing it around something you do once or twice an entire year. Such as compare Stranger Things characters to your Lightroom setup. <laughs> Did you make that up? Yes, I made all of them up except for the real one. But yeah, but all the rest of them were kind of based around the article. Yes, they all were based around Does the article. Does he reference Stranger Things in the article? No, Dustin, that was just for you. That was just for you. It's called Clickbait. I haven't even watched I'm the trying to most recent you. season. You should have put one in there like how how to organize for the gram. <laughs> Make Pinterest work for you with this two-step process. This two-step Lightroom process. <laughs> a, step one, buy a dedicated solid-state hard drive that's really fast. Step two, only use that. Done. <laughs> So I didn't really want to get into the whole article because obviously I don't find any merit in it. He's not saving you himself any time by having one giant catalog, in my opinion, until he gets to that one time of year when he's doing a best of post. And that is the only time where that would make any sense. But as several commenters pointed out, you could have multiple catalogs. And then when you're done with a catalog, you could merge it with your one massive catalog and then just move on. And you could edit each wedding yeah, so, as a, its own catalog. So the person who taught me the merits of having one giant catalog was also optimizing they, for their best of post every year. They, they not necessarily a best of, but they optimize for their portfolio as they do each wedding or each shoot. And so they would have filters to tag or categorize things for that portfolio. And then once that shoot was like 30 days old, they would export out only the selects for the client into its own catalog and then purge that from their master catalog mm -hmm. for archiving purposes. Yes. This guy's talking a lot about how like he 
rates or he doesn't pick photos to keep instead he picks he unpicks photos that he doesn't want to keep or something like that and oh that's a bad idea yeah and he's just like going through and giving like really terrible advice and it's just like find something that works for you and go with it there's no 100 percent right or wrong way because a lot of lightroom is about how your brain works yeah and dustin's way is wrong let's just throw it out there so dustin uh you know we got one more thing I want to talk about, definitely, before we get to Q&A. So without further ado, let's cross over into the Drone Zone. I live in the Drone Zone, Steven. Dustin, if you live in the Drone Zone, then you must know all about this. Tell me about it, Dustin. Well, it doesn't officially come out till tomorrow, according to you. So right now we're just speculating and talking about drone gossip, which I'm fine with, Stephen. I'm fine speculating and talking about sexy drone gossip. Um, but DJI, which this has been a long apparent rumor, and uh, I can't wait to purchase this and not tell my wife about it. But... Um, they are supposed to be coming out with what they are rumored to be calling the Mavic Mini. This is a palm-sized device that's so light. Here's the kicker, guys. Listen up. that You do not have to register it with the FAA. Now, why might this be important? I'm not really sure. Why is skirting these regulations, rules, and laws so much the highlight of this drone? If it's so small that you don't have to register it with the FAA here in America, then you don't need a pilot's license to fly it. Correct. That's why it's such a big deal. I understand that, but can you still, are you now able to fly in zones that you weren't able to fly the other drones you still won't be able to fly in zones where you weren't able to fly worthless to me oh you you wanted to (laughs) crash airplanes okay so this story comes to us from Engadget, and the listing it's this isn't really like this this has gone beyond rumored this is confirming the rumors newegg the popular uh website online where you can buy stuff in canada got popular yep it's very popular newegg in canada um accidentally put up leaked photos well leaked photos the the marketing material they accidentally put up the marketing material for the dji mavic mini which is rumored to possibly be announced tomorrow so dji has already sent out marketing material to different resellers and one reseller accidentally leaked it so yeah which so it is coming out there this happened with the mavic air pro 2 yeah. or whatever right so the mavic mini is rumored to according to like this leak thing that people saw uh have a max flight time of 30 minutes and it's also rumored to be listed for 495 american dollars canadian dollars it was 645 uh 20 so my question is steven from a legal standpoint is what's to stop the faa this gets announced tomorrow right and then thursday they're like Oh, now it's 249 grams. Well, technically the DJI Spark is small enough. You don't have to register that. But people don't want to use the DJI Spark because the video quality is uh, lesser 
than the Mavics and the Phantoms. Um, but this Mavic Mini is supposedly the only place it takes a hit as far as they've seen so far is the camera is a 2.7K camera instead of a 4K camera, which, which you told fine. me, Dustin, doesn't matter because you only shoot at 2.7K with your current Mavic 2 anyway. Because I like to shoot at 60 frames a second in case I want to do speed ramping or any crazy, you know, slowing it down, speeding it up. Speed ramping. Stuff like that. Which was a big fad that is now going kind of out of style. Praise the Lord. Mm, is it? Just because you're still doing it, it doesn't mean that it's still in style, Dustin. It's uh, it's like gimbals. Gimbals are starting to go out of style, too. Is it? So... I say things are going out of style and what I mean is like when when like glide cams became affordable to people it was like holy crap every shot I have is going to be on a glide cam and then it only got worse when like the Ronins came out and the Zion cranes and all that kind of stuff where it's like now that we can do it we're going to do it for every single shot and now most of the videographers that I follow and who I listen to are saying when they use a gimbal, they're using it mostly to do shots they could accomplish on a monopod or a tripod, but they just like having the gimbal in case they want to do another shot. And a lot of people are starting to say they don't even get the gimbal out anymore because it's too much of a hassle on the day and takes up too much of their time worrying about it or setting it up or worrying about batteries. And so they just shoot everything with a monopod. It sounds like videographers are just getting lazy is what it sounds like. Well, I know, uh, like the videographers who I've been, Jen and I have been employing to work for us, they mostly shoot handheld most of the day, um, because they like, like a more real authentic look, which frustrates the hell out of me as the editor. I was going to say, whenever, the only time I do that on a wedding day, um, now that I'm learning to trust the Sony stabilization a little bit more, is just reception, like dancing stuff. Yes. But uh, with the IBS systems and the Canon lenses and stuff, I got to say, I've kind of blown it out of proportion how bad it is. Like, it's it's not actually that bad. The last wedding I edited that my videographer shot, I used a ton of their handheld footage, and it actually looked a lot better than I would ever give them credit for. When I shoot, I still try to shoot on a monopod for most of the day because I like having the extra stabilization, and I don't like having to worry about whether or not I was breathing too hard later in post or something. However, as someone who's <laughs> just finished editing a wedding video that Steven shot... And uh, the other shooter was shooting handheld. It was hella hard to cut the shots together, going from stable shot to handheld shot. I haven't shot a wedding with you in like a year. What do you mean yeah, you're just that, now editing one? <laughs> I am editing Aaron's wedding video as a gift. Oh, so your you're, you're editor, Aaron, who said he was mm-hmm. going to edit his own video, you're now on top of giving him a huge discount on the price of the video you're now also editing the video for him because he never got around to it uh he edited his entire wedding video and his computer or hard drive crashed or something and the it put him in this like huge depressive funk and he could never bring himself to like get back into it because of that Mm -hmm. and so i waited he just had his two year anniversary i think Right, I think maybe, maybe. Well, I don't one, know. Year. one I think year, one year, maybe one year, one year anniversary uh, this month, and so I decided I was going to take it upon myself. I gave him one year to edit his own wedding video, <laughs> and he didn't. So I just finished it up 
uh, yesterday. So. So when you say it was super hard to go from my monopod stable stuff, super stable lockdown mm-hmm. to this handheld crazy ass shit to shooting on a macro lens handheld. Yeah, I get it. All right. So let's do some Q and a. So what? No, hold on. No, you give me a chance. I listened through all your cannon bullshit. Let's talk a little bit about these drones. Um, is this something that interests you? Is this something you're going to buy is 249 grams uh, enough to push Steve over the edge since your biggest hold holding of you back is the legalities of flying without your 107? Um, so on all of our recent shoots, we've hired out the drone stuff to other people. So I haven't been flying the drone except for, for personal stuff and for teaching other people how to fly the drone poorly. So, uh, it won't hold me back um, at all if I don't get the Mavic Mini that skirts the thing. So I'm not really that Doesn't concerned Doesn't it seem like it. it would be a fun thing, though, for traveling? Yes. So, yeah, the last time I used the drone was when we went out to shoot the, for, for professional purposes, was when we went out to shoot the uh, engagement shoot. Um, which technically I think the way we tried to skirt that was I wasn't being paid to use the drone. I was there to unofficially assist my wife and I just happened to have a drone with me and did some, did some photos and video and stuff. So I love that you have to like mentally come up with a reason why you're (laughs) using your drone to sleep at night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, I wanted to use it. So I used it. Let's, but yeah, no, it, it took up a lot of space in um, our bags and stuff. So it would be a lot easier if we had a smaller drone. That'd be, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm definitely ordering it. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty cheap too. It's only 495 I mean, my drone, when I bought it, it was right before the Mavic Air was announced, like two weeks before that. And it still cost me like 800 bucks. It was like a Black Friday deal. Yeah, I'm ordering this and then I'm selling my Phantom. Yeah, so you're going to hang on to the Mavic Pro too? Yeah, I mean, that'll still be my main camera, um, but this, I think, will be a solid backup. Yeah. Yeah, this would be great for traveling if you do a lot of, like, destination weddings for photo or video. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, drone shots have largely come and gone as well as a wedding fad, but the one place people still really love to use the drones in their wedding videos and photos is to get, like, establishing shots because that's a really good use of that sort of thing. Uh, other places where you'd want to use a drone would be like, if you're actually doing something epic, you want like <laughs> the actually, doing yeah, something epic. yeah. Like if you're just flying a drone through a field in Indiana, it's kind of like, this is just a boring shot with a drone. There's nothing mm-hmm. special about it. Period. With speed ramping. Yeah. This sounds terrible. This sounds like something I would hate to watch. Um, well, it's kind of like, to get back to your earlier point about fads, um, do you remember sliders? Like, I remember when sliders were just coming out and becoming a thing. It was sort of on, you know, the dawn. This is almost around the same time that um, steady cams were becoming a necessity in everybody's tool bag. Everyone had to have a slider. Yeah. That's one of the things I've seen a lot, too. See, that's one of the things I've seen a lot, too, in the different video groups I'm in is people who switched over to gimbals are now saying they're getting their sliders back out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten mine out a few times last year and shot with it because it s- sort of simplifies 
it takes you back to why you're doing that movement. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're on a gimbal, I feel like you're like, oh, I'm going to do a slider movement. Oh, I'm going to do like you just start you doing start over all these it. different movements. Yeah. Which is why it was like a fad because it was like, oh, I've got it on a gimbal. So I guess I'm going to run down the aisle behind the bride while she's walking up, completely ruin all the other video shots that might be on her. So I can get like mm-hmm. a shot walking down the aisle behind her that I will probably never use and never care about again and also ruin all the photography as well and so people just started doing like ridiculous stuff like that like uh, i don't know i have a lot of feelings and opinions about the way people have misused gimbals in my opinion if only you could go back steve and see our very first few weddings videos we ever shot i think you would get a chuckle we were so focused on gear the first few weddings we did video wise, mm-hmm. like we brought a jib to all the weddings. What we were you doing? I mean, I'm talking like a legit. What were you giant doing? Ass jib. Oh my gosh, Dustin. The guy I hired to shoot video with me um, was obsessed with gear. And so he, he bought a jib. He bought like a tripod on wheels and then he bought like a track I'm like, we're not shooting for like Martin Scorsese, man. Like we're shooting like wedding videos. He bought, this is back when we shot wedding videos on like the FS 700. Jeez. You know, one thing that is great about gimbals is they've basically gotten rid of the need for dollies and dollies are terrible. I've, I've had to be the person who uh, cleans the tracks of a dolly because there was a minor grain of sand or something that was just causing a little bump on the camera. That's also the great thing about in-camera stabilization is that also largely gets rid of the need for, uh, you mm-hmm. know, if they're like really cleaning your tracks on your dolly to make sure they the wheels slide super good on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you don't need a jib anymore because any shot you'd want to use a jib for, you could use a drone for. Any shot you want to use a dolly for, you could throw uh, your camera on a gimbal and do that shot with that. And a lot of people right. now would just hand do handhold stuff for both of those. You know, you put exactly. your uh, put your camera on a monopod. <laughs> suddenly, you don't really need a jib anymore. You you need a jib for very specific shots. Um, but like for most of the shots people were doing with jibs where it's just like basically raising and lowering and it's like, not like a complex movement. It's like, you could do that with a monopod. You got to keep in mind too. Like we were doing these jib shots back when, before like small HD and like the inexpensive, like secondary monitors were available. So we're just like eyeballing these and like focusing, you know, ourselves and then guessing. (laughs) That's crazy, dude. Ask so hey, like back when I was doing Luke. jib shots, it was like, you have to get several sandbags, pack it into a crate on the back so that it oh, yeah, we, equals yeah, out we your had... beta cam on the front. Then you have a wires going from your beta cam back to where the jib is with a controller and it's like the control wires. So then you can actually do all your focusing and everything from the controller and you have like a little monitor there. But in order to be able to see the monitor, right, you have to like put a giant like black tarp over yourself and the monitor and you can't let any sunlight in or else you'll get a glare and gosh there's so many things i hated about video production now that i think back on them um but still i really love video production like it's still a lot of fun anyway we've wasted a ton of time speaking of video production and things that dustin is going to buy this week 
Uh, one item of gear we didn't talk about, Steve, is Apple's new EarPod Pro. AirPod Pros. AirPod, AirPod Pros. And they yeah. look like a bell sprout from Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. I bought those yesterday. You bought them already? Yeah, man. They have noise canceling. That'll be awesome. I know. My my fear is those type of headphones that have the little rubbery things mm-hmm. don't typically fit in my ears. Those are the only ones that fit in my ears. Like the normal yeah, AirPods and I've earbuds and stuff don't work at all for me. That say that. So I'm I'm hoping that I am just putting them in wrong. So something. the little rubbery thing they have to have on the AirPods for the noise canceling, because if they can't get like a seal on your ear, then they can't actually do the noise canceling right because yeah. audio will still get in around the thing. So they have to get mm-hmm. like the best isolation they can on your ear to make the noise canceling work, which is why most noise canceling headphones are like giant earmuff things that cover like half the side of your head because they're trying to get right. like a solid seal all around your ear. All right, right, can we finally do some Q&A? So you're not going to order them. Okay. Got no, it. I'm not. Uh, let's throw it over. Let's make some money first, and then we'll run into Q&A. Cha-ching. Let's do some Q&A. What? What's Steve? Vince Don from our very own Facebook group asks, anyone else make instant prints the day of the wedding to surprise your couples i try my best to remember to grab a fresh pack of 20 in stacks before i head out for the day couples love it and i like to think it buys me some brownie points in case i need a bit more time before i can push out their teaser emoji with the sweat droplet above the eyes that looks worried Okay. Yeah. So, Dustin, you uh, you out there doing those Insta prints? Uh, I thought about it for like a hot second. Um, I bought one of those Instax cameras. I actually bought, uh, I think I bought like thirty of them and sold them on eBay. <laughs> That's on an earlier podcast episode, I believe. You um, made quite a profit, right? Yes, I did. Uh, but I still have one and thought about doing it but then i'm just like that seems like more work than it's worth um so i do insta stories that's where it's at i am their inexpensive videographer for the day i mean i've i've seen other people use the instax things and uh just basically any instant print sort of thing to me always looks like crap on the actual day um Mm -hmm. no matter what you do it always just looks like it was shot 20 years ago and I think of them more as like a, oh, that would be like a fun thing for your guest book or something maybe, but it's not like something as a professional I want to hand off and have be a representative of my work personally. Yeah. Now I think, um, Vanessa Joy, who was on this, uh, on this podcast, uh, she does something that I've always thought about toying with where she has like a little Canon printer she brings with her and she will... What was the brand on that, though? Conin. Uh, Conin. Mm. Mm-hmm. You want a Canon? You want Canon gear. And she prints little 4x6s, and then she buys these pre-branded, so it has her little logo on it, um, books that have, like, sticky, tacky pages on them. And then she makes them almost like a little mini 10-page album, um, which is 4x6s. That she gives them at the end of the night. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, it's that, not in yeah. her contract. I contract. It's not in her packages. It's totally like a gift. That's that's a pretty sweet idea. Uh, I mean, the closest we've ever come to anything like instant or you know same day ish is for a while. Jen used to when we were first starting out. She would bring her laptop and she would edit photos and then create a slideshow for them. And what we found was it just created a ton of stress for us on the actual day of the wedding. And uh, then it kind of drew people away from the dance floor and away from the events to look at the slideshow, which felt great for our egos when they would come up to us and say, these photos are amazing. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see the rest of the gallery. Felt great. But it also felt like we were kind of taken away from the actual wedding day. Um, so like, I like Vanessa's idea cause it doesn't sound like it takes away from the wedding day. It sounds like, Hey, at the end of the wedding day, here's a book or maybe, I don't know. I don't know how she does it. Maybe she leaves it with their gift table or something like that's actually no, like a really she, cool she idea. Just does it, does it like, you know, when she goes up to the couple to say, hey, I'm leaving, like, I hope you have a great night. And like, by the way, here's a little something I just wanted to give you. Yeah. Um, so then she leaves and they're like, Oh my gosh, can you believe this awesome thing she just did? And she keeps and the people the talking week, about her after she's gone. I like that idea. Yeah, That's really good. Instead of like them, you know, sharing Instagram photos or whatever, instead when they're they going take to work, cell phone going photos places, of the book. Exactly. They're taking cell phone photos of the book, yeah. filtering the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what's going to happen to that. But the reason I never wanted to do something like that was because I hate the idea of bringing the laptop and getting on the computer, downloading memory cards. But I was at a wedding recently and the photographer, I was shooting video and the photographer um, was pulling photos from his Canon camera uh, straight to his iPhone and then posting them on social media. He was filtering them with Lightroom Mobile on his phone mm -hmm. and then he was uh, posting them straight to social media, right? Like during the lull of the day. Yeah, you know what that is? That's just people who aren't going to go to your website when you post a blog post. You're pushing traffic to your social media that won't go to your website, a place where they can actually book from you, a place that would boost your SEO, uh, things right, that would be I'm beneficial not, to you in the long run. I'm congratulating him on the social media <laughs> aspect of what he was doing workflow-wise, but I like the idea if I could get one of those printers that could print from my phone... And I could then push the pictures to my phone, edit them quickly on my phone. Sticky book then, it like Vanessa Joy. I see where you're going exactly. with this. Yeah. yeah. No, so that's a great like idea. Taking the best of both worlds from those two photographers and marrying them into one idea. Yeah. So Kenzie Ray McMullen from our very own Facebook group asks, not even 24 hours in my client already posted a bad edit of my photo. I'm Sweet. always so afraid to say something to them. Like, I just don't know if it's actually worth risking our great relationship. It's in my contract, but you know how that goes. What would you do? Say something or let it go? Say something, or no, what is it? See something, say something? If you see something, say something. Uh, Kenzie, honestly, I think what it really comes down to is you need to take a long, hard look in the mirror and decide if really what you're seeing is bad. Maybe what they're doing is good. Maybe they're perfecting your work. Kenzie, maybe, maybe you should be hiring work. them to edit your photos for you. 
Yeah, maybe they are bespoke town. Maybe you should be outsourcing to your clients. Have you ever thought about that, Kenzie? I mean, if they are your clients and they have a specific taste, shouldn't you cater to that taste? Send them the raws. It shouldn't be your job to edit for your clients. Yeah, have you ever thought about a world that we could live in, Steve, down the road where your client is like, um, so Steve, I want to book you for my wedding, but like, and then they just roll open like a catalog of Instagram filters and like, I'm kind of leaning more like a Mayfair kind of look, uh, for my wedding. You know, if you could uh, make that happen. You say that, but Jen and I run an editing company where we help develop presets for other photographers who don't have a preset that they already use so that we can help them mm-hmm. to de- we can help them create a style and look to go with their brand that fits what they like. Um, so we're basically already doing that for photographers. So to do that for clients is not that far of a stretch of my imagination. So... So what, so what is a preset, but an Instagram filter anyway? So my curiosity is peaked. What is just because this could be a whole conversation that I don't want to get into. With Jen, not with me. What? Okay. Probably, (laughs) probably true. I'm just curious what the, the jump off point is. Like what's like, where do you start with the client? Uh, Do you have like a base, like presets that you send them to? Just say like, what do you like? So the way Jen has been doing it is when we get a new client who doesn't have a preset they already use, she talks with them and talks through, as far as I know, um, Jen Jen runs this part of the business kind of on her own without me, um, but she talks with them to help figure out what they like and then creates, like she edits some of their photos in a style that she thinks is fitting of them, saves that out as a preset, shows that to them, asks what changes they would want to make, makes those changes, saves that new thing as a preset, and then, you know, creates basically from scratch a preset for them for their photos. Gotcha. So it's like a custom-made preset, and it's a lot of work, and it's why we don't take on a ton of new clients anymore. (laughs) Mm. Like me. If you wanted to pay our prices, we'd gladly have you on. But you keep signing with that company that you hate and complain about all the time. So I need content for this podcast. <laughs> and they keep offering to sponsor us. And I like just being able to turn them down. <laughs> if only that was true. If only that was true. Denver from a random Facebook group says, I'm taking a chance to see if there any sugar daddies or sugar mommies here that will buy me some new camera gear denver says it is what's the answer steve <laughs> is that the question i'll be a sugar daddy denver <laughs> what, do you, oh, what do you want I like a good denver omelet yeah you want like a i don't know let's say one of those photo deox things that allows you to change your lens from forward to backwards for seven ninety nine. Eh, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. Oh, Steven. Oh, Steven, Denver, Steven. Denver, Denver. Um, nobody's gonna just buy you stuff. I don't know. I mean, Start I guess. Start go fund me. Say you're gonna travel a country. I guess Denver did say postcards. sugar daddies or sugar mommy mommies. So maybe Denver's looking for some quid pro quo. Pro quid quo. Mm-hmm. Quid pro quo. I do a little something for you. You do a little something for me. You know what I'm saying, Dustin? You get a headshot. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Free fifth. That's disgusting. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Took me a few seconds to put that together. I hate you. <laughs> Denver, please stop asking people for free gear. Maybe ask people if you could choose stuff for them and they could pay you and then you could buy gear. Like tell them you're offering headshots. I hate you so much. (laughs) That's going to do it for us here at the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast if you love the show please leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. if you want to connect we're at wedding photo hangover on instagram dustin is on instagram at dustin underscore mckibben and steven that's steven van alk if you want to join the awesome community of listeners that contribute to the show every week join the wedding hangover facebook group if you want to keep this podcast alive though Head over to stephendustinsavetheworld.com and you can sign up to support the podcast for as little as $1 a month on top of the benefit of knowing you're keeping a good show going because we got a good show going here, people. You also get the benefit of extra content. That's right, bonus content. Even at the $1 tier, you get uh, outtakes from our guest episodes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time your head is pounding your limbs feel like dead weight and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Dustin. Steven. Do you have any time to watch anything or do anything for yourself during this mayoral campaign? My kids and my wife were watching Casper the Friendly Ghost uh, tonight while I was in my editing cave working like a madman trying to play catch up. Dodged a bullet there. Dodged a bullet there. Casper the Friendly Ghost is not a fun movie to watch. Really? Seemed fun. Um, There are ghosts in it? People die in it? That's terrifying. That's terrifying. People die, they become ghosts, and after they become ghosts, sometimes they go to hell. They go to hell, Dustin. Do you want to watch a movie about hell, Dustin? Uh, Yes. No? I don't know. I feel like this is a trick question. Yeah, I don't watch movies about that. I watch All Dogs Go to Heaven because I know all the dogs are going to heaven in that one. Are you guys going to brave the crazy weather and go trick-or-treating this week? Gotta. Gotta. It's tradition. If we all get pneumonia and die, that's because of tradition. It's supposed to, like, snow and rain. Yeah, freezing rain here. Yeah. Forecast for tomorrow. Freezing rain during trick-or-treating hours. I might drive around and like have the kids jump out of the car with Jen or something, or Jen might drive around and I might jump out of the car with the kids. Uh, I was so excited because our neighbor, because we have neighbors with kids and that's a perk of living where we live now. And we were going to go trick or treating together. And I had this whole like American dream, like walking the streets with a beer in my hand, like laughing with our new neighbors that we're going to become friends with because we're trick-or-treating together and eating Reese's from my kid's basket. And none of that's going to come true now. None of it, Steve. None of it, no. You can still just go out anyway. You know, uh, bring a wagon with you, put the kids in winter gear, and uh, roll out. Yeah, but I can't enjoy a beer when I'm getting pelted in the face with icicles. I would say that's uh, probably the best time to have a beer. You're going to need it the most then. No, I'm going to want like a hot coffee with like screwball whiskey in it now you're talking that actually sounds great too yeah let's you should do that one maybe throw the coffee out and just have a hot whiskey <laughs> hot whiskey do people drink whiskey hot Is uh, that a thing? so i make hot buttered whiskey every year around christmas time and it's like hot a buttered whiskey mm-hmm. yeah so it's like a recipe that calls for like butter orange juice whiskey cinnamon uh 
Oh, I forget all the components of it, but it creates like a, a warm beverage, kind of, kind of like a wassail, like a whiskey filled wassail. I love wassail. Wassail. It's like the uh, Christmas punch wassail. You ever heard the song? Here we go, wassailing. Nope. Wow. Wow. You've never had like Christmas okay. punch, like the fruity warm punch around Christmas time. Nope, I think that's made up. Oh, this is all very real. Wow, we are going to be in for a great Christmas party this year. I'm making wassail at the wedding hangover Christmas party. Wedding hangover Christmas party. Can that be a real yeah, thing? And I'm making hot buttered bourbon for you, too, at the wedding <laughs> wedding hangover Christmas party. All right, I'll make peanut butter and jellies. All right, Dustin, have a great night, my friend. Good night. Hello, hello. There you go, Dustin. Is that better? Yeah, it is. L- little podcast magic for the listeners at home. My recording mm. device has been on the right microphone the whole time, but Dustin has not been on the mi- right microphone the whole time. I like to hear the same tones that you guys hear. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different experience when he bumps those EQs. He puts the bait. He, he adds that fake bass in. The fake bass. And then he's got... He's got like a Vaseline filter he rubs over his voice that gives it sort of that buttery why did you, feel. Why did you make a jerk-off motion when you did that? <laughs> Vaseline. <laughs> I don't want to know what you use Vaseline for, Dustin. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. woo